weekend with Hunter up north uh, on youth weekend, but I'm glad to be here and with you guys. And hey, honestly, there's a lot of places you guys could be this morning. I know one of them. I'm really proud of all my Chief fans this morning. I really am, because they're playing in Germany right now, and it's 21 nothing Chiefs, so it's going well. But I'm proud of you guys this morning. Now, if they were playing Denver, it wouldn't be 21 nothing right now. You know that from last week, right? Yeah. All right, all right, all right, all right. I'm glad you guys are here. It's going well for you in the football game. Uh, it's going to go well here today. We're going to worship our Lord and Savior. So I'm glad you're here. Let's open with prayer this morning. Lord Jesus, I thank you, God, uh, just for this body of believers. And Lord, we're here because we love you this morning. And we want to worship you, Lord, in, in giving and song and in the preaching and teaching of your word today. It's an exciting day for the church. We get Thanksgiving dinner with one another tonight, and, and there's uh, so much we can be thankful for, Lord. And I pray, Lord, that we focus on uh, you and the joy that we have in our lives through you. And, Lord, we just worship you today. We love you and thank you. In your name I pray. Amen. Take a couple minutes this morning. Welcome, everyone.
We'd start making our way back to our seats. We're gonna get this worship kicked off. Hey, Jody, I love you, brother. Huh? I'm good, buddy. I've been missing you. I didn't get to see you last night. I know. Oh, don't blame her. You're just like me. I know it.
I'm not going back. I'll never be the same. That's why I sing. Oh, my hope is in Jesus. Thank God that yesterday's gone. Yes, all my sins are forgiven. Oh, have them sing all morning and close the service with that. What do you say? Yeah. I knew, I knew you'd be all over that one. All right. I got announcements this morning. Um, grief Share. So we have Grief Share on Thursday nights. And they're going to be, uh, what do we got? Did I forget something? Okay. All right. Uh, grief Share on Thursday nights is having a, a thing called Surviving the Holidays. It is... Uh, Saturday, November 18th from 10 a.m. to noon, they're going to have brunch that morning uh, here at the church. So if you would like to sign up for that, just pass that around through the whole church. Grief Share uh, is for people that have suffered loss. They've lost a, lo uh, lost a loved one and need help with that. And so uh, it's open to anybody. You don't have to be a, a member or if you're visiting this morning and that pertains to you and you want to go to that, please uh, sign up. Uh, this is from Sierra. Thank you for everyone who helped with Happy Hallelujah Night. It was a great night. That was an awesome Wednesday night that we had. Uh, not this Wednesday, but Wednesday before. It went really, really good. So big thank you on that. Uh, men's and women's Bible study. No Bible study tonight because we have our Thanksgiving dinner. So tonight, yep, fellowship is going to be a lot of fun. Uh, tonight, 5 p.m. or 5.30? Okay, so 
Bring your food at 5. All the food's going to be downstairs. And then we'll have tables set up up here. So here's the thing. After the morning service day, and I'll remind everybody, we're going to set up this morning. So please stay around. Uh, it'll take us like five minutes if everybody stays to put tables out, move the chairs and everything. So we're going to do that right after the morning service. So come tonight for Thanksgiving meal. Uh, it'll be, well, we'll have a great time. It's always a blast. So because of moving around, we were going to have business meeting today. We're going to move that to November 26th. So it'll be the last Sunday of this month. We're going to move business meeting to November uh, 26. Shoebox ministry, shoebox ministry, is it all done? We good on all that? When are you packing them? Any last minute additions that they need? Are you good for 50, 100? If you can bring something in Wednesday if you'd like to for the shoebox ministry, uh, they'll be packing them this Wednesday night. Uh, we've always usually done around 50. If we can do more this year, that'd be great. New member class starts the first week of December, so if you're interested in becoming a, a member of this body, come and see me, come and talk to me. Uh, it's going to start the first week in December. Uh, baptism, so we have baptism. This is the last one in the river, okay? <laughs> baptism, baptism, and you know who's doing it? Who's getting in the creek? Not me. Ha-ha! Ah, the associate pastor's getting in the creek next week. I told him he could borrow my duck hunting waiter. So, yeah, we got, we got baptism next Sunday. Uh, so if you're interested in baptism or have questions about it, our last one in the creek for the year. You're not going to talk me into getting in in December or January, okay? So you might be able to. But we're gonna, this is the last one, okay? Last one in the river. We do have a baptistry if you wanted to use the baptistry. Um, hey, hey, this was brought up. So... We, we had applied for a grant uh, through the bank for a, a van for the, the Freeway Women's House. And it has been a total mess with the paperwork with, guess what, the IRS. Um, and so it's on hold. We desperately need to get a van for the Women's House. So here's the call going out. We need $10,000. They would like to have $10,000 uh, for a used van. Nothing brand new. If you want to go buy a brand new van, and that's led on somebody's heart, go buy a brand new van. But we just would like $10,000 to go to the Women's Freeway uh, program for a van. If that's you this morning, you have an opportunity. If you, don't, you don't have to give the full $10,000. If you want to donate towards that, uh, just put on the memo line, Women's Freeway Van. So that is definitely a need uh, that we have. So, Kim, you want to say anything else about that or what it's used for or any information or anything like that? Go ahead. It gives Kim an opportunity to talk. Oh, I can talk, so that's not a problem. <laughs> so first off, our ministry is growing very rapidly. Our house is actually full now. We can't accept any more women. So we are in desperate need of a van. These ladies have commitments that they have to have that are obligated by freeway ministries in Springfield, like the season classes and things like that, that they have to go to. And it's really hard <laughs> to fit all of us in a little car. So if you guys could donate, anything would be appreciated. If you have any suggestions, you could talk to Jeff or to Mike. I'd really appreciate it. And I know they would love to not have to sit on top of each other on the way to Springfield. So <laughs> thank you, guys. All right, perfect. Thank you. Um, I think that's, oh, women's announcement. So this week, they emailed this to me this morning. Women's Christmas party, daughters are welcome. Uh, it's going to be an evening of devotion, fellowship, food, and fun. It's December 1st. Uh, what night is that on? Friday night, December 1st uh, at 6 p.m. here at the church. 
Uh, I, I'm assuming you're catering food. Catering food costs us $12 per person, uh, and they're going to have a gift exchange, $10 gift uh, for the gift exchange. There's no women's coffee this week, but they have an outing. So tomorrow, uh, Monday, November 6th, the ladies are going on the Rosewood trip. They are meeting at Spinner's Pizza. Never even heard of this in Grove Springs. I don't know. Spinner's Pizza, is that right? In Grove Springs? It's good? Okay. Maybe we need to road trip to Grove Springs sometime. I don't know. But Spinner's Pizza at Grove Springs for lunch at 11 o'clock. And then they're going to Rosewood Farm at 1230. So, ladies, that's the tomorrow. So, Spinner, Spinner's Pizza in Grove Springs at 11, Rosewood Farm at 1230, and then the Christmas party. Anything else? Shelly? And that's the women's Christmas party. Women's Christmas party. Perfect. Anything else that I forgot this morning? Okay, if you would stand, let's have our time of worship. We're going to take up our morning offering this morning before we have our time of worship. We have a special this morning. I'm excited about that. So let's go to the Lord in prayer. Lord Jesus, I thank you, God, again, just for the opportunity to be here this morning, uh, Lord. And as we enter our time of formal worship, Lord, we want to worship and praise you with everything that we do. And that includes giving. So, Lord, I pray that you'll just take this and use this offering to further the kingdom of God, that the gospel will be shared on a local level, uh, regional, around the world for our missionaries. Uh, and, Lord, as we lift our voices and, and praise you and sing, Lord, we give you the praise, glory. We worship you. In your name I pray. Amen.
special now or is it going to be after the service or after your nope, right now right yep. now all righty yeah you may be seated this morning so um cory you guys know cory and jess they um he is this guy's amazingly talented uh he well you are don't be bashful he is he so he travels like out west like you guys are like well who's this guy we haven't seen him very much because literally he has a ministry his full-time job is he travels out west and he announces pro rodeos so he does a lot of PRCA rodeos. He does PBR events. Um, sometimes they're on TV, the Cowboy Channel. Um, and one time, well, he, I downloaded the Cowboy app because I wanted to hear him announce a rodeo. And me and Kyle, one, well, it was a Friday night, I think. We're sitting at the house watching uh, this on TV and listening to him. And so I texted him. I said, you better give us a shout-out on the Cowboy Channel. And he did. He did. He said, to my boys back in Marshfield, Missouri. But he, you know what he does, though, what I love about his ministry is on Sunday mornings, these rodeos usually go Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. And on Sunday, guess who preaches a sermon for all the Cowboys and for the fans and shares the gospel? Him. And so, Yeah. So it's literally like a ministry also, but they pay him because he's got a great voice. Well, this week, uh, just out of the blue, Corey sent me a video of this song in the morning. It's early in the morning, and I get up early, and I'm sure he does too. And he sent me this video, and he's like, anytime, anytime uh, you guys want me to sing this at church, I'll be more than willing to sing it. And it was amazing. And I, not he has a great voice, but the words of the song were just awesome. So there's times where I feel like, when we can hear a song and you guys sing specials, that the service could just almost be over right then because we're glorifying God. And, oh, man, that's the way this is. So enough of me talking you up, brother. Here you go. Well, good morning. This song, uh, I, I, we should have put the lyrics up just so you guys could see it, but uh, it's a pretty powerful song. It's by Rhett Walker. He's a son of a preacher. Sings. Uh, he's actually, I would almost consider him a country singer, but... All of his songs revert back to God and our Savior, and uh, he's got some really good ones. You should look him up. This this might be my favorite song I've ever heard him sing. Well, I heard the preacher talking about three wooden crosses upon a hill for everyone to see. Sinners on the outside Couldn't save themselves if they tried All I could think is, man, that sounds like me Cause I've been the one on the left Full of guilt and regret Long gone on the wrong side of living I've been the one on the right Always looking for a fight Thinking I could never be forgiven But 
I'm standing here today overwhelmed by grace Cause I know who paid my cost I thank God for the man on the middle cross He didn't have to do it But for me he went through it And love like that I'll never understand Lord knows I don't deserve it oh Man, I couldn't earn it Let mercy rain down on a desperate man Cause I've been the one on the left Full of guilt and regret Long gone on the wrong side of living I've been the one on the right Always looking for a fight Thinking I can never be forgiven Well, I'm standing here today Overwhelmed by grace I know who paid my Cause I thank God for the man on the middle cross The cross is where he went But that ain't where he stayed He brought me back to life When he rose up out of that grave Someday I'll stand before him I'll see Jesus face to face And I'll worship and adore him Cause my life forever changed. Y'all feel that way this morning? Cause I've been the one on the left full of guilt and regret. Long gone on the wrong side of living. I've been the one on the right always looking for a fight. Thinking I can never be forgiven. Cause I'm standing here today overwhelmed by grace. Cause I know who paid my cause. I thank God for the man on the middle cross. I thank God for the man on the middle cross. I've been the one on the left full of guilt and regret, long gone on the wrong side of living. I've been the one on the right, always looking for a fight, thinking I can never be forgiven. Cause I'm standing here today overwhelmed by grace, cause I know who paid my cost. I thank God for the man on the middle cross. I thank God for that man on the middle cross. Thank God for the man on the middle cross this morning. Man. Woo! I told you it would preach, church. I told you. All right, so normally we have Family Sunday. Hey, thank you. Thank you for sending it to me. Thank you for doing it. Um, 1 Corinthians chapter 12. So normally we have uh, Family Sunday uh, today. And I, I wanted to keep the... And we normally we take communion. And I just had some special things that we wanted to do today. Uh, and so Mike Simons next week will lead us in communion uh, and be bringing the word, but uh, I, I, you'll see at the end why I had to move stuff around. But First Corinthians chapter 12, verses 12 through 27. If you would stand with me this morning as we honor God's word together. First Corinthians 12, 12 through 27. It says, For just as the body is one and has many members, and all the members of the body through, though many are one body, so it is with Christ. For in one spirit we were all baptized into one body. Jews or Greeks, 
slaves are free, and we're all made to drink of one spirit. For the body does not, not consist of one member, but of many. If the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would be the sense of hearing? If the whole body were an ear, where would be the sense of smell? But as it is, God arranged the members in the body, each one of them, as he chose. If all were a single member, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, yet one body. Let's stop there and let's pray. Lord Jesus, I thank you, God, this morning. Wow, for this worship time that we've just had. And being able to lift our voices in song. And uh, Lord, songs are important. They teach us about you. And uh, Lord, I am thankful. I'm thankful for you on the middle cross. Without you, we're not here this morning. There's no point of being here. But because of you, it means everything. It means the world. And so, Lord, I'm thankful this morning for you. I I pray this morning that you will be glorified as we talk about uh, church membership, talk about leaders, and in everything, God, we love you and thank you. In your name I pray. Amen. You may be seated. So uh, today we're, uh, so just so you know, I love babies. So if there's a screaming baby in here, it ain't going to bother me. It's probably going to make me want to hold the baby, okay? So don't worry about screaming kids because I love kiddos. But uh, I am glad to be back this week. Uh, there's a few weeks out of the year where, I'll t- where I do, I'll take off. And around deer season, you're going to see Pastor Jeff's gone a little bit during deer season. Um, I think there's no better t- place than really somebody can clear their head and get out into God's creation uh, than setting in a deer blind. Basically teaching these uh, young men and women how to shoot rifles and how to harvest deer. And there's just something good about that. And I, and I think, as I was thinking about this, I, I think our founding fathers really got it right. Uh, you know, there's many countries around the world, folks, that don't allow gun ownership. Uh, I, I haven't mentioned this from the pulpit, but I'm going to today. Uh, we have been seeing the results of that as, in a country around the world right now in Israel. Um, about 20 or yeah, more than that, 30 years ago, Israel removed gun ownership. Um, and I would tend to believe that if Hamas tried what they did in our small town, it would not have happened because of gun ownership. And I think today, after this has happened, Israel's really uh, re- rescinding a lot of those laws and issuing gun ownership again. Uh, and that's one great thing I think about our country and as, as a duty as Americans is to teach our children proper firearm techniques, and you do that by going into the deer woods. Um, and by judging by the skeet shoot that we had a few weeks ago at Steve and Dana's, we have some kids that um, are really good shots around here, and so Crossbridge, you're doing a good job at that. I am not preaching on the Second Amendment this morning or firearms, but it would preach, amen? It would preach, I believe, uh, but I'm not going to. Um, I'm, I want to talk about something else that I believe uh, we should be training our young children up to be, and that's biblical church members. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, we looked at where church membership is found in the Bible. We saw that in the book of Acts, that they would keep a record of those that were being saved and baptized. Uh, when they elected the first deacons of the church, uh, they picked those men from amongst those church members. The two qualifications, and there are qualifications for church membership, there's only two, that someone has publicly professed Jesus as their Lord and Savior and been baptized. That's it. 
There's no economic qualifications that somebody has to attain to. There's no social status, no race, color, creed, nationality. Anybody can be a member of a local body of believers of Jesus Christ if they've publicly professed him and been baptized. And so those are the two qualifications. It also serves some functions. It shows uh, the members who they're to serve. It's, it, it's uh, done for organizational purposes. But so now we learned about all that. Now I want to look for two weeks. we got two more sermons in this. Here's the first one. I want to simply look at what the responsibilities of the church leaders are to the members. I want to talk about elders this morning uh, and what the responsibility of the elders have to the members. Uh, so I want to start with this. What is an elder? What is an elder in the local church? In Acts chapter 20, uh, Paul is speaking to the leaders of the Ephesian church. And Paul calls the church leaders elder. He, he calls them elder. Uh, so the word elder or pastor or overseer, they're used interchangeably in the New Testament. It points to the same office though. The same office which is occupied by several godly men within the church. Uh, here's some qualifications. Turn to Titus chapter 1. Titus chapter 1, verses 5 through 9. It says, This is why I left you in Crete, so that you may put what remained into order and appoint elders, notice it's plural there, in every town as I directed you. If anyone is above reproach, the husband of one wife, and his children are believers and not open to the charge of debauchery or insubordination. For an overseer, there's the word interchangeably, you see. For an overseer as God's steward must be above reproach. He must not be arrogant or quick-tempered or a drunkard or violent or greedy for gain, but hospitable, lover of, of good, self-controlled, upright, holy, and disciplined. He must hold firm to the trustworthy word as taught so he may be able to give instruction in sound doctrine and also to rebuke those who contradict it. Uh, so, so it lists out these qualifications that you see in the office. And, and I would humbly say that I don't think there's a man alive other than our Lord Jesus that would meet perfectly, 100%, every single one of those qualifications because we still have a sin nature. Um, and so, but you see a general list of qualifications for elders in the church. Uh, in 1 Timothy chapter 3, verses 1 through 7, I'm not going to read it, but he lists the qualifications for overseer. So you see those words are interchangeable. And, and the qualifications listed in 1 Timothy 3, 1 through 7 are the same qualifications. So they're talking about the same office. So the passage in Titus says appoint elders, which we make sure is plural, so there isn't a single elder or pastor, but multiple and so we try to follow this biblical example uh, at, at Crossbridge. We believe there's strength in numbers. So we have multiple elders. We believe that we can easily, not, maybe not easily, but we can obviously and probably easily be influenced by Satan. Satan attacks one. He tries to go to, to one who's by himself. But when you surround yourself with a group of godly uh, men, you have strength. 
Ecclesiastes 4.12 says that. It says, And though a man might prevail against one who is alone, two will withstand him. A threefold cord is not quickly broken. So we have a plurality of leadership here at the church. Uh, Our elders at Crossbridge. Here's our lay elders. Denny Chisholm. Alan Greenfield and Max Hartman, they are the lay elders of the church. They are church members. They have uh, been at this church a long time. They're your spiritual lay elders. Then we have some staff elders. You have myself, Mike Estelle, and Mike Simons, who will be ordained uh, in December. We are the staff elders. Staff elders are compensated. Uh, The lay elders are not. So typically, staff elders... Uh, God can move them from one church to another at a time. We saw that with Mike. Mike was here as our youth pastor. He went to South Dakota and ran the freeway. Him and Kim ran freeway up there in South Dakota uh, as an elder of the church. And then he came back as our associate pastor. So sometimes staff elders will move. Lay elders, you got to put up with them because they're here. Okay, They're here. They're not going anywhere. Uh, they are, they are the, a strength of the church. Um, and an elder in, uh, is a leader in the local body. And so what are their responsibilities? They're obviously a, a spiritual leader in the church. What does the Bible say about their duties and obligations? So I've got several here. Uh, turn to Acts chapter 15. Here's the first one. And these aren't in any particular order at all uh, of importance or anything like that. There are just several on here. So Acts chapter 15 Verses 1 and 2. Acts 15, 1 and 2. And it's really a lot of the chapter, uh, the whole chapter, but I'm just going to read the first two, and you can reference it, uh, the rest of the chapter, later on today if you'd like to. So Acts chapter 15, verses 1 through 2. It says, But some men came down from Judea and were teaching the brothers, Unless you are circumcised according to the custom of Moses, you cannot be saved. And after Paul and Barnabas had no small dissension and debate with them, Paul and Barnabas and some of the others were appointed to go up to Jerusalem to the apostles and the elders about this question. So, all right, so here's what happened. There, there were some uh, Jewish Christians that were saying, hey, you need to be circumcised. You can't be, unless you're circumcised, you're really not saved. And they brought this argument, and there was a debate about it. And so like, okay, we need to go to the elders in, in Jerusalem and the apostles, because this is the early church, it just started, and we need to bring this question before them so they can make a decision. So they, they had this huge debate. The rest of, the ch- rest of chapter 15 is how they handled that debate and how they made a decision. And so after they discuss this and they pray about it, they come to a decision and then they send letters out to all of the local churches on what the decision is. They send this decision out and instructions to the church. So there are numerous times in the life of the church that disputes over doctrine will arise. There will be discussions and heated debates and, oh man, just numerous discussions about doctrine. And those uh, are brought to the elders. And it's our job as elders to prayerfully consider what should be done, discuss it, and make a decision and bring it before the church. It's happened here at Crossbridge. It's happened here at Crossbridge several years ago. The the question about the doctrine of election versus free will was brought to us. We prayed over that. We read the Bible, the whole counsel of God's word, and we issued a position statement, which we read at a business meeting, and we took questions, discussions about that. So it happens. So one of the responsibilities of the elders is to resolve spiritual disputes in the church, spiritual matters, and 
that we make a decision on these things. Here's the second one. That's the first one. Here's the second one. We got several. Uh, the second one is pray for the sick. Now, this is something that I was kind of convicted about that I told our guys this morning uh, about this. We need to pray over the sick more as elders, and the church needs to ask us to pray over you. This is absolutely biblical. James 5.14. James 5.14 says this. If anyone among you is sick, let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. Now, I think, wow, why don't we do this more? And I think part of it is we fall into tradition a little bit. Uh, many times we become old, stubborn Baptists, right? And we identify this kind of praying with a, a faith healer like Benny Hinn, like Benny the Scammer Hinn, right? But we shouldn't do that. We shouldn't identify it like that. We shouldn't let scammers or people that preach a false gospel derail us from praying over the body for illness and sickness as a regular practice. So listen, if you are sick and ill and, and we don't know about it or we do know about it, we want to pray over you. Now, I don't know if we're going to have a certain time set aside for that. These discussions we're going to have to have as elders, right? But we want to know if you are sick, we want, you to, we want to pray over you. That is one of our responsibilities as elders of the church is to pray for the sick. Bring the sick to us and we pray over them. Now praying for the sick is we, we don't believe. Listen, I don't believe that I have some kind of special miraculous power. That because I'm an elder of the church, I can lay hands on you and you're going to be healed right then. Okay? If I believe that, it would be wrong of me to be here this morning. I should be at the hospital. Okay? But what I do believe is I believe that we can pray for you. The prayer of a righteous person... Uh, is a lot to guide, avail, uh, availeth much is what scripture says. And so I believe we pray for you and we pray that God's will be done in your life. And that we always want to be in God's will when we pray for things like this. Listen, I, I don't know if somebody's in their 80s or 90s and they're sick and they're dying. I don't know that God's going to heal that person. Could he? Yes. But his will could also be to bring that person home. The, mo the main conversation I'm going to have with somebody like that is about their salvation. And knowing that where they're going to be. Because once again, all of us are going to die one day. All of us. So we want to pray for, for God's will to be done in those situations. But listen, we don't want it to be some kind of taboo thing. And I think maybe sometimes we get so overboard with trying to not be Pentecostal or something that we think it's taboo to pray over somebody when they're sick. It's not. It's biblical that the elders pray over people who are sick. And so... We need to do better at that, church. And now maybe that may be you. I need to do better at that. When I say we need to do better, I'm talking to me first, right? Okay? I need to be better at that. Our elders need to be better at that. We need to be ready to pray for you all. But you all don't need to hide when you go to the doctor or go to the hospital. You, you need to be ready for like a whole bunch of people to pray for you. Well, I'm just a real personal person. I know somebody in my house like that. If I was sick, I call everybody up. I'm sick. Selena's dad, oh man, if he gets the flu, all of Marshfield will know, right? So, I'm, I'm serious. We know Pops. He is. He'll call me out of the blue. I'm like, how are you, Pops? I'm sick today. He just lets you know. He'll let you know. My wife, on the other hand, she could be on her deathbed. None of you all are going to know until we're scheduling her funeral, right? That's, 
just, but we need to know that there's prayer works and we should be ready to have the elders of the church pray over you. So be a little more open to that. We're not going to be accused of, you know, doing craziness in here. We're doing what the Bible says by praying for people who are sick. Okay. Um, here's the third one. Turn to 1 Peter chapter 5. Turn to 1 Peter chapter 5. It's verses 1 through 4. 1 Peter 5, 1 through 4. It says, So I exhort the elders among you as a fellow elder and a witness of the sufferings of Christ, as well as a partaker in the glory that is going to be revealed, shepherd the flock of God that is among you, exercising oversight, not under compulsion, but willingly as God would have you, not for shameful gain, but eagerly, not domineering over those in your charge, but being examples to the flock. And when the chief shepherd appears, you will receive the unfading crown of glory. All right, so the third thing here is we're supposed to shepherd the flock humbly. Humbly shepherd in the flock. Is, what does that mean? That means we're watching out for your spiritual life. We are watching out for you spiritually. Now, that, we could also be wa- trying to watch out for you physically, making sure you aren't putting yourself in positions of danger, but this is a spiritual matter. One of the greatest joys of an elder is to get to shepherd the flock of God. So we're watching over you. We're leading you. And what an amazing thing. What an amazing thing it is when we get to witness God growing in people's lives, in their hearts, and in their love for Jesus. Many elders, many in churches across the world are looking for some kind of gain or reward for being a preacher. Their desire is not to shepherd the flock, but literally to rob the flock, enriching themselves with money or travel or fame. I can say this, I say this very proudly at our church, uh, and, and not in a prideful, sinful way, I pray, but I, we're bivocational. We're, we're all bivocational. We have jobs outside of the church. Many churches have full-time staff. which is Also, if that's okay, if that's the church model, I'm not preaching against that. I prefer the bivocational model. We make money on the outside world, and it allows the church to spend much more money on missions than it would be paying elders a full-time salary with retirement and insurance and all that stuff. Uh, And so it also, I believe, frees us up to not worry about finances. That means I'm going to preach the gospel boldly and with courage, and if you all don't like it, tough. Fire me, because I don't get my living off of this. Right? That frees preachers up to have courage. And not be worried about somebody getting offended about something and leaving the church and going, well, there goes half my salary out the door. No, no, no. We don't have that concern here. We don't worry about that. And so that frees you up to preach the gospel boldly. Shepherding the flock is literally what we're doing is leading people not to follow us. I pray, my prayer is that for some reason I'm never here or my Castell's not here, that you don't leave. You are not following me. We are leading you to follow Jesus. Preachers come and go. Preachers die. Preachers fall into sin. 
Jesus doesn't. Jesus doesn't. So don't follow men. Don't follow men. Shepherd, shepherding the flock is literally teaching people how to follow Jesus. Watching over their souls. Watching over the spiritual life of the flock. Hebrews 13, 17 says this. It says, Obey your leaders and submit to them, for they are keeping watch over your souls as those who will give an account. Let them do this with joy and not with groaning, for that would be of no advantage to you. We will be bringing this verse up in the next uh, lesson on responsibilities of church members to the church. I want you to remember this verse. What's our responsibility as elders? Watch over our souls. Watch over the souls of the church. Teach them spiritually. And guess what? We're going to give an account to that before God. That should make every single one of us as elders take a pause. Like, oh man, how am I shepherding the flock that I'm going to give an account to God one day for how we shepherd? That's a serious, serious, serious thing. We are, we are watching over the flock and protecting the flock. We are protecting you from what? False doctrine. False doctrine that can easily lead people astray. Turn to Acts chapter 20. Shepherding the flock is what? Protecting them. It's protecting them from false doctrine. Acts chapter 20, verses 28 through 30. Paul, in this context here, is speaking to elders in the the church in Ephesus, the Ephesian church. So we're in 28 through 30. It says, Pay careful attention to yourselves and to all the flock of which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers to care for the church of God, which he obtained with his own blood. I know that after my departure, fierce wolves will come in amongst you, not sparing the flock. And from among your own selves will arise men speaking twisted things to draw away the disciples after them. So here's something that's important. Here's something that's important. All the classes at Crossbridge are overseen by an elder. Now, why do we do that? We do that for protection. We have to be on guard for false teaching. Now, sometimes false teaching can come in and people don't mean for it to come in. They've just been taught something. Maybe they grew up with something that, that is false, but they never really dug into it and it comes out. And so we, we, we do that to not hammer somebody down or beat them down, but to correct it, to have a discussion about it, to teach to make sure we're on guard. So we have to be on guard for false uh, teaching. Crazy ideas coming into the church uh, body. I remember, uh, I, I told our um, discipleship group this morning, years ago, we had a, a guy that just stopped by the church randomly, and he said, hey, I'd like to meet with the pastor. Uh, and so I, I, it was a Wednesday night, I think, and I, of course you're busy, but I said, yeah, I can visit with you for a few minutes. And we went, in, we went downstairs in the side classroom, and uh, I brought another elder in there with me. I said, yeah, what can we do for you? And he said, well, I feel like it's God has told me and it's my mission to go around to all the churches and to tell them to stop calling yourselves sinners. Because you're not, you've been saved. If you've been saved, you're no longer sinners. You're not going to sin. I said, well, hold on. Let's hold on just a little bit. Let's back up. Uh, yes, we are no longer sinners in the eyes of God. But are we still going to sin? Yes, we are. No, I said, I can't go a day without committing a sin. He goes, are you serious? And you call yourself a preacher and you can't go a day? And I said, that's right, I can't go a day. And he said, really? He goes, I don't sin. I said, you never sin? He said, I never sin. Never sin. I, I am incapable of sinning now. And I said, hmm, well, what, 
dug a little more, and I questioned him on some things. I challenged him on some things. And then I remember he brought up, I said, what's your, you're married? He said, yeah, I'm married. He gave me his wife's name. Well, I had wrote his name down, and I wrote his wife's name down, and their last names didn't match. How long have you been married? Oh, I've been married for, I said, why is her name different than yours? Well, technically we're not married, but um, we're, I said, whoa, 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 whoa. All right, and then I had, I had an opportunity, gracefully and humbly, to show him that, buddy, you ain't, you're not, you're, you're sinning while you're living, right? But his idea was he was going to go preach at all the churches. He wasn't a member of a church. His idea was, I'm going to go preach this message. Let me have your pulpit because I need to tell the church. Well, you all never knew about that because he never got the pulpit, right? Uh, sadly, that gentleman, and we tried to minister to him for several months. Sadly, he, he told us numerous times, I just can't wait to go to heaven. I can't wait to go to heaven. I can't wait to go to heaven. And we, we shared with him and, and talked to him. And, and ultimately, about six months later, horribly, he committed suicide because he wanted to go to heaven so bad. Just a horrible, horrible thing. And it hit us hard because we tried to minister to this guy. Church body never knew about this. These are just some of the things that go on behind the scenes. Right, so we we have to we have to be on guard for the flock. We can, we don't just let anyone come and take the pulpit, right? Uh, Paul war, even he even warns the young elder Timothy in Second Timothy four three. He says, "For the time is coming when people will not endure sound teaching, but having itching ears, they will accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their own passions." What's Paul telling him? He's saying, "Be careful, Timothy. Be careful." People will want soft-spoken, sweetheart preachers that won't talk about sin. They won't teach or preach about sin. They won't call out the evils of the day because people want to live in their own passions. Listen, you can write, put this down as fact. If there is ever a day that I don't call out the evil of this world or the sin of the day or don't teach sound doctrine, give me the boot. Mike too. He just said me too. If there's ever a day. Our world is evil. It is evil that Hamas Muslims went into Israel and raped women. And killed babies. Burned people alive. That is an evil from the pits of hell. And to look around our country and to think that there are political parties in our country that will hold rallies in support of Hamas is evil. E-V-I-L, it's evil. Don't support evil, evil, not for anything. If a preacher won't call out the evil of child murder, the evil of abortion, the evil of the sexual debauchery in our country, the evil of men using women's restrooms, then get a new preacher. Get a new one. If the preacher says, here's the interactive part, if the preacher says there are multiple ways to heaven, get a new preacher. If the preacher teaches you that you have to work for salvation, get a new preacher. If the preacher says that one day everyone will be in heaven, do what? Get a new preacher. If the preacher says there are multiple gods, if the preacher is a Chiefs fan, It didn't work, did it? It didn't work. It didn't work. All right. I, wanted, I, I, was, I was hard there, but I wanted to lighten the mood a little bit, okay? 
Why, why be that hard on that? Why take that position? Because Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. That is an exclusive statement. If you ask a preacher how they can go to heaven, and they beat around the bush, get a new preacher. I don't care how famous they are. I don't care if they're on the Larry King show. Go look up the clip of Joel Osteen when they ask him. Go look it up. Look, Google it. Everybody's got Google. Look it up. What are the ways to heaven? He, well, Larry, I'm not one to, you know, I'm a Christian, but I'm not one to say. No, no, no. No, no, no. Jesus is one to say. Jesus says, unless you believe in me, you're not going to be in heaven. You're not going to the Father. Have that boldness. And if he doesn't, don't have him as a preacher. Don't have him as a preacher. You see, Crossbridge, the life of an elder involves using what? A weapon. Not the deer rifle that I opened talking about, but a sword. A sword. The sword of the Spirit, which is what? The Word of God. And they must know how to defend the flock using that sword. Here's the fourth thing. I know I'm going over. Bear with me. Chiefs were up 21-0 the last time I saw, okay? And you better not know the score right now or you're watching it back there. (laughs) Somebody back there knows the score right now. I guarantee it. Elders are to spend time in prayer and teaching the Word. Here's the last few verses. Acts chapter 6. Acts chapter 6, verses 2 through 4. It says, And the twelve summoned the full number of the disciples and said, It is not right that we should give up preaching the word of God to serve tables. Therefore, brothers, pick out from among you seven men of good repute, full of the spirit of wisdom, whom we shall appoint to this duty. But we will devote ourselves to prayer and to the ministry of the word. So, that's when you see the office of deacon. They were bringing problems and issues to the elders and they were getting overloaded. And they needed to spend time preaching the word and in prayer. So they created the office of deacon. Prayer is one of the most important things we can do as elders. Every Sunday morning, we spend time as a group praying for this body. We get here at 7.45 in the morning, and the first 30 to 40 minutes are spent praying for the body. We spent praying for the body. Through the week, we pray for the body. Here's the second one, teaching the word. Ephesians 4. Ephesians chapter 4, verses 11 through 16. And he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, and the teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry for building up the body of Christ until we all attain to the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God to mature manhood to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ so that we may no longer be children Tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness and deceitful schemes. Rather, speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head into Christ. From whom the whole body joined and held together by every joint which is equipped. When each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. What an honor it is to get to teach the body in truth and love about the Lord Jesus Christ and watch them grow up. Watch them take in stake. 
not stay on milk. If you're still on milk, get in the Bible, get discipled, get into some steak. Get into some steak of the word. Watch the body mature in Christ, not tossed to and fro. You know who people get tossed to and fro? Ones that are immature. They don't know what they believe or why they believe it, and they're just tossed to and fro and all over. All over. But mature in Christ. Paul tells the young elder Timothy this, Do your best to present yourself to God as one approved. A worker who has no need to be ashamed, rightly handling the word of truth. Elders are supposed to be the expert swordsmen in the church. They are supposed to know how to use the sword, how to handle it, how to teach it, and in doing so, what? We're not ashamed. You know how to use the sword. If you need to learn how to use the sword, who do you need to go learn practice from? One of the elders. The elders are constantly teaching, look, Raising up new leaders, new expert. You know, in the Marines, we had guys, we called them pizza boxes. We, it was all about who could shoot. And you, you were a marksman, you were an expert, or a, a marksman, a sharpshooter, or an expert. The marksman, the lowest class, they barely passed. They got these little boxes as a medal to wear on their dress uniform. We called them pizza boxes. The sharpshooters... They almost looked like a cross. The experts, they had two rifles with a badge in the middle. Everybody wanted to be an expert. But only the guys who trained and knew and could shoot, knew how to handle the weapon, were the experts. Elders were supposed to be experts. Now, does that mean we know everything? No. No. I guarantee it. But when we have questions, you know what? We're, we're, trying to, we're trying to dig. We're trying to find out. All right, here's how I'm going to close today. I'm going to ask the worship team to come. I want to thank, I hadn't had the opportunity to do this, I want to thank everybody for the cards, the texts, the messages for Pastor Appreciation in October. I really do. Um, we have an amazing church, and, I, and I, we love you guys, and I, I really do. Me and Selena are very appreciative, and Mike, and I can speak for Mike, Mike, we're, we're very thankful uh, for the opportunity to serve this body, and it was very much appreciated for Pastor Appreciation. If you didn't do anything, uh, you have the opportunity to come down here and repent at the altar this morning, okay? <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just teasing, I'm just teasing. Uh, but, but here's the thing. Mike and I usually get all the cards and attention, uh, but you know what we have here at Crossbridge? We have a plurality of elders. So I'm going to ask our elders to come down this morning. I guess I'm not asking, I'm telling That includes you, my friend. <laughs> During the invitation this morning, this is what I would like you to do. I'd like you, I'd like you guys, and if your wives would like to join you, that would be fine, but I'm not telling them, okay? <laughs> During the invitation, what I want us to do, a church body, is I want us to take time to come down here and pray with these men. I want you to come down and pray with these men and thank them for what they do for our church. Uh, it can be a short prayer. It could be giving them a hug. Now, you may have an elder up here that just rubs you the wrong way. It may be me. Come and pray for me. And give me a hug, okay? It may be somebody else up here. Those are the ones you ought to seek out first, okay? 
Uh, I'm thankful. I'm thankful for these men. I really am and what they do for our church. Hebrews 13.7 says this. It says, remember your leaders, those who spoke to, the, spoke to you the word of God. Consider the outcome of their way of life and imitate their faith. So what is, what is scripture telling us? Look at these men and imitate their way of life and their faith. And thank them. So I'm going to ask you to stand this morning. That's the invitation. If you need to talk to me about salvation or baptism, you can do so. Uh, I'm going to pray. And then I invite you to come down and we can start a line over here. And just go right through uh, our elders this morning. Lord Jesus, I thank you God this morning for who you are. And uh, Lord, I thank you. Without you, we're not here. And there's no point in being here. And so Lord, we worship you today for what you did for us. Lord, I'm thankful for the men of this church, our elders, and what they do in serving, and they're toiling, and there's a lot of heartache uh, in, in ministry, but there's also a lot of joy. And Lord, there's many times, especially with our lay elders, that they don't, they just do what they do behind the scenes, and they're never uh, thanked and appreciated. And so Lord, I pray this morning that we as a body can thank them, and pray for them, and just tell them how much they mean to us. And by doing so, Lord, we are glorifying you and we're giving them honor and, and honoring you by doing so. In your name I pray. Amen.
close in prayer. You keep coming around and we're going to start setting up. We're going to start setting up for Thanksgiving. I know this is going to take a while. Some of you may need to go but please stay if you can and help set up for Thanksgiving. Keep coming through the line. Uh, but here's, here's, the, here's the benediction. It's, and this is why I did this today. It's scriptural. It's 1 Timothy 5.17. It says, let the elders who rule well be considered worthy of double honor especially those who labor in preaching and teaching. Now, these guys may not preach a sermon, but they're teaching classes every single week. And they're preaching in there. Uh, and I know they preach to you individually. So it's not just about standing up here. Let's close in prayer. I know we have some folks that I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let you guys come forward next week. We got baptisms. We got baptisms. You two, come on up here. Come on up here. Let's go ahead and do it right now. Stephen and Krisha. Stephen, get up here. They, they are joining the church. Um, I've met with them. Yep. And she's going to be baptized next week in the river by Mike. And then I have Trina also has met with Mike. She has professed Jesus as her Lord and Savior and going to be baptized next week in the river. So, All right, let's close in prayer, and then we're going to set up for Thanksgiving. And you guys keep coming through, though, okay? Lord Jesus, I thank you, God, this morning uh, for this church. I thank you. Uh, for you and and Lord, I'm I'm full of Thanksgiving, and we're gonna have Thanksgiving tonight. Uh, and I pray, Lord, we just find our joy in you. And Lord, I th I'm thankful uh, for our elders this morning. I'm thankful for how hard they work and labor and teaching and preaching. And Lord, we're just blessed as a congregation because of them. And so, Lord, we give you praise and glory. Be with us as we leave. Bring us back here tonight in your name. I pray. Amen. Uh, Jeannie Donaldson will be directing back there on Thanksgiving. Guys, have a great day. Thank you.